there was like 50 people in the store and then like a hundred and then like 300. And I was like, I think that is broken. App Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. everyone, Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome to the series From Zero to Founder. Today we're talking to Nikki Buchanan who is the founder and CEO of iReuse2 and it is such an inspiring and incredible story that you probably won't believe so let's jump into it. Hi Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your journey with Start and Scale and your business iReuse2. I guess before we get into the big picture, why not start off by introducing yourself, where you're located and just a little bit about your business. Okay, so my name is Nikki Buchanan. I am from Canada. More specifically, I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, born and raised. And my business is iReuse2. iReuse2 is a luxury, eco-sustainable, on-the-go cutlery brand. And all that means is that you're going to bring your own set of cutlery with you no matter where you go. So that way, when you're at work or at school or just eating out, you can say no more plastic waste. Thank you. I have my own. They're dishwasher safe because they're made of stainless steel. And now that COVID is here, it's a little bit better to be prepared, a little bit more safe. You have your own cutlery. You don't have to worry about what happened to the cutlery before I got to where I was going. Definitely think that's a great idea, especially considering the year that we've just had. But I guess before (laughs) we start, you know, chatting more about your amazing business, why not tell me a little bit about where you were prior to IREUSE2? Sure. So me and my husband uh, have been married for 20 years. We used to own five uh, brick and mortar locations of a restaurant in Manitoba. And going from that to this is a lot uh, of change that we went through. So we had retired. Um, We would just run its course. We had been doing that job for about 25 years, believe it or not. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we were looking for something new. And Iris 2 kind of presented itself. Definitely. It's such, a, it's such a different thing, I guess, from being a brick and mortar store to now e-commerce as well. But what really, you know, started the idea of cutlery for you? Was it from your experience in the hospitality kind of world? Yeah. So we saw a lot of garbage. Um, you could imagine with five stores, the amount of garbage that you see. And we had busy stores. So yeah, it was just so much waste. And yeah, when we were looking for something else to do, the new business, we knew we wanted to own our own business again. Um, But I really wanted to come from um, an e-commerce type of business. We had um, a horrific uh, murder in one of our locations. And that um, drove me to find something a little bit more safe for the employees and ourselves. And this was uh, an easy choice. (laughs) That's 
Wow, like yeah. that is quite, yeah, quite the story. I, I just can't even begin to imagine that life would have been like beforehand. And I guess, yeah. you know, is that, that was really the selling point to try and move e-commerce space yeah. rather than brick and mortar. Yeah, we definitely knew that we had to do something uh, for ourselves and we enjoy that life. Um, we enjoy um, owning our own businesses, the challenges of that. And believe me, there are challenges for sure. But it's like a puzzle. You have to try and figure out which pieces go where and then what to do next. So for us, it was a, an easy decision. Um, but the e-commerce side of it was very different for me. I'm not a computer savvy person. <laughs> so for me, uh, I had a lot to learn. And the start and scale, it sure helped me out a lot. That's incredible. It's quite the journey. And I know like coming from, you know, your roots and especially having five brick and mortar stores, how did you feel? You said you're excited and, you know, but was that a, a risk that, you know, you factored in that, you know, going from five stores to now one e-commerce store, walk me through how you felt. Um, it was scary, like for real scary, <laughs> just because you never know, um, how that's going to turn out. And we still don't. I mean, you know, we're on a continual journey, we'll call it. And uh, it's been an awesome ride, to say the least. But yeah, it was it was a lot to think about, um, especially saying uh, I'm not super um, savvy with uh, computers. So for me, uh, it, it took more courage than I think for my husband. He, he had a lot more uh, confidence than I did. But uh, yeah, we just, we jumped in with two feet and just had to go and we, we didn't turn back. Amazing. I think that's such a great attitude to have. And I guess, you know, you mentioned how you weren't so savvy. Is that how you stumbled across the Start and Scale course with Greta? Well, I knew I wanted to do something with e-commerce. I just wasn't sure what it was. And um, with algorithms and Facebook and uh, Instagram, once you go down one rabbit hole, it kind of uh, leads you to more... Um, of the same type of products, I guess, if you will. And so I was collecting data <laughs> and information and things that I wanted to do with my free time now that we were retired and uh, things that I wanted to learn and, and um, that kind of thing. And then I just kept on seeing her course and her, and it just kept popping up. And then I thought, you know what, this is something that uh, I'm going to have to do. And so, yeah, it was a big investment at first for us because we, we were on a budget <laughs> Uh, after being retired, we weren't sure like what we were going to do next, if money was going to come in. And um, so after that, um, yeah, we just, I did it. I bought the course and I think we had been retired for probably um, less than a month <laughs> when, when we said, okay, we're doing this. So yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> what do you think was like the biggest deciding factor for you? Because obviously you retired for a reason. What made you kind of want to jump back into it and say like, the retired life isn't for me. <laughs> well, we're young, right? We're, we're, I'm in my forties. Like I think I'm 45. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I knew it wasn't time to stop working. I, I always knew that, um, no matter what, I wouldn't ever really stop working. Um, I think that's when you kind of <laughs> go down. Um, but yeah, so for us, it was just, her success uh, really inspired me um, in the infomercials or, or whatever you want to call them, the, the ads. And I thought I got really excited and I thought, yeah, that, that looks like something I can learn from. And even if I only pick up, you know, a little bit, it will be worth it, I think. 
and it, it, it hit me a little bit harder than a lot of the other, um, information that I was picking up. It just felt more real and tangible. And it was amazing that the, the course was really awesome. That's incredible to hear. And I guess so many people listening might be in the same position as you just thinking, you know, I've retired from maybe a brick and mortar or or something that they're kind of used to that nine to five and knowing that they can actually apply the course and like really grow is really inspiring. So I'm really excited to get more into that. But I guess, you know, you mentioned how you're still young, you wanted a different challenge and you were worried about some of the things that were happening in your brick and mortar stores. Was that hard for you to let go staff and, you know, transition completely just to you two and only relying on you and your partner? Um, It's always been um, me and him, like at the core. Um, We, we work really well together. Um, I have strengths and he has strengths and we complement each other. Um, it was definitely hard to not have staff anymore going from a really um, busy environment and, and business and always having staff around um, almost like friends um, or family, then having that let go. Uh, it wasn't difficult, but it was a change. But yeah, we, we work really well together. So for, for us, it's, it wasn't a hard transition. Um, we've always like, we worked together for 25 years together, 24 hours a day go home together, you know, (laughs) we're always together. We're a weird couple like that, but, um, yeah, it wasn't super hard for us to transition. The hardest part was just me learning computers. (laughs) No, I think that's lovely that you guys are together so much. And I think it really does set you up for success. And, and it's nice to know that you've both survived, you know, the brick and mortar, and now you're transitioning to e-commerce. So when Mm -hmm. did you actually start? What year did you start IREUs to? So we started in 2019. Um, uh, we retired in September and we started in pretty much October. Um, and we got our first order in November. And before we had even gotten an order, we had been invited because we started um, an Instagram account. And that was be- like one of the first things that we did that was major besides picking up. <laughs> A company and like there's a lot of steps to it but um that was a big one so we were found by um cottage life magazine cottage life magazine in canada is a really um it's like a cottage country and they have their own tv shows and they have their own magazines and they have their own um like shows and stuff so they actually approached us on instagram and asked us to come to toronto which is a while away um probably two thousand miles away And, um, we had to decide if we were going to go without having any stock. The day that they uh, approached us was the day that I placed my order (laughs) for my stock. So I wasn't sure we would even have stuff (laughs) to go. And, uh, that was our big first boost really. And when we went to the show in Toronto at the show is when we launched our website. And, um, so it was a three day show. Um, it was intense because it was 12 hour days and it was a Christmas show. So it was like pre-Christmas and we had just received only four boxes of, of our stock. So we took what we had and we went and we drove the whole way there. And it was, uh, it was, that was how we started. <laughs> that is quite the inspiring story to say the least. I mean, to get picked up so early as well, it's such an amazing yeah. achievement. And um, I guess, like, before we jump to that, because that is incredible, how many followers did you have on Instagram? Like, how did they find you if you were so new? 
So we didn't have a whole lot, but um, listening to the uh, the way that you start your your Instagram, you you start with hashtags. You make sure that using the at least well not at least 30 hashtags every time you post it helps people find you and it also builds your following i don't think i had more than a couple hundred followers actually and um i guess it was just one of those things that stuck out um everyone understands the straws like the metal straws is that's done everybody gets it so now this is a little bit more comprehensive right and so it it plays to uh, camping, it plays to restaurants, it plays to work environments, it plays to school. So I think for them, they, you know, they, they picked up on that too. Yeah, which is amazing. And I guess if that's what they're showcasing cottages and things like that, then it makes sense, which is amazing for you. But I guess when yeah. talking about your Instagram, uh, did you have a particular strategy that, you know, you adapted from the course, like what sort of things you were posting? Or was it just mainly those hashtags that you really focused on? No, it was the whole thing. So uh, it was a lot from the course. Um, I was familiar with Instagram, but mainly from a personal side. Um, what we had to do was we posted every single day um, at the beginning. Um, we changed it up. So at the beginning, my uh, format was a little um, different than it is now. Now what we do is every second day we post about our business. Um, and then every other day, we post either about food because it's um, cutlery, so it makes sense. We also post env about environmental um, animals. I'm a huge animal lover. Um, we have four Pomeranians and I love nature. So we post information about animals. Um, we post about debris that people find. So there's a lot of artists that um, collect the debris and they actually make art with them. So. We have some beautiful pictures like that. Um, we also have um, people that actually do beach cleanups. We're not by a, an ocean, so that really makes me sad, but I can highlight people that are, or even um, all the garbage on Mount Everest or uh, in other places that, that aren't oceans. So yeah, we, we share a lot of um, not just our product, but um, the environment itself. And I think that's a really smart way to do it because I think it also diversifies your brand as well, not just being cutlery, but also having that environmental impact. Have you noticed, yeah. so since you ha employed that strategy, uh, how many followers do you have now on Instagram? Um, about 2,500 or so. Um, we don't buy followers. We have had um, contests, which worked out really well, mainly multi-brand um, contests. Um, you get a lot more response um you get a, a bigger um following when you do stuff like that we've also done um influencer marketing so um contests through that all these um tactics you learn on the in the course so yeah it helped a lot and we have a huge win uh at the beginning i think it was in december we we were doing a contest with one of the influencers and she was a woman in California and um that you never know what's going to happen when you do uh influencer marketing right so um nothing really panned out with that but one of her followers contacted me she was a chef um in California as well and she had lived in an RV and 
So one thing I didn't share with you is that when we had retired, we were contemplating moving uh, out of our house, uh, selling everything and going RVing forever. (laughs) So I was following some of these um, RV lifestyle um, influencers and seeing if that lifestyle would work for us. And so, yeah, I, I was familiar with with the chef and cause she had been RVing for the past year and she contacted us through this contest and she said, I'd like to do something with you. So she did. And we collabed and one of her followers bought four sets uh, of our cutlery, brought them to a party in Miami. And there was a rep for the Super Bowl gifting suites. They said, um, Hey, <laughs> we need you to come to Miami, bring your cutlery. Uh, We were going to give away 100 sets to uh, players, to celebrities, and uh, the 25 top spending um, customers at Bloomingdale's. And so we weren't sure if that was true, (laughs) like if this was real. And uh, yeah, we did some research and we found out, yes, this is true. And we were allowed to go. And so me and my husband actually um, drove to Minneapolis. We flew to Miami. And yeah, we attended the Super Bowl gifting suites. It was amazing. And so that was one of our huge wins. And so from that, that was just one little um, like contest that we had done and the chain of events that occurred after that. So yeah, it was unreal. That is incredible to even think that it's kind of like a word of mouth almost like a waterfall effect, which is amazing and so much to unpack there. So I guess starting yeah. from the beginning, what initially were you doing with your, your giveaways? Because I'm sure there's people listening thinking, how do I even start a giveaway? You said that you were working with other brands. What sort of brands were you teaming up with? Really anybody that um, the influencer wanted to work with. So it didn't even, ha- I didn't care so much that it was a like-minded brand. I know that's a big um, thing that uh, you want to stick to your niche. And that makes sense because if somebody is following that niche, they're going to probably keep following you. But if you have a unique product like ours is so different and it kind of fits in with a lot of different um, things, right? So I just looked for cool things that I would like uh, be interested. And so that's how we started working with different contests and people would approach us um, on Instagram. I would kind of decide if it seemed right. Uh, Now I'll only do a large group giveaways because it just, you get so much more. So then you just provide, um, you, so you have to have a product ideally, or, or I guess a gift certificate for your product. If you don't have one yet, um, that helps. Um, but so for me, because a gift certificate is a lot more than financially than my actual product in, in trade, if you will, uh, I always send them one or two, um, I prefer two because it feels like you're getting a lot more. Um, You can give for them and a friend or two contests or whatever. And yeah, it usually boosts um, our followers by, um, I'd say, a minimum of 100 um, every time that there's a contest. So I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. Like when you're not buying your followers, every single one (laughs) is, is a lot. So yeah, it's an extra hundred people that are seeing your brand, which may have not seen it before. So that's a really amazing advice. And I'm sure a lot of people will really appreciate it because, you know, you're always stuck trying to think it's meant to be large numbers or thousands of people, but an extra hundred people is an extra hundred people. And, um, 
I think your story in particular, the flow on effect from one giveaway to another is just amazing. So talk me through that relationship that you ended up establishing with that chef. Is that something that you would end up continually using her for giveaways or was that like a relationship that just led to new opportunities? It just led to new opportunities. So um, really I had, what I initially I had done was I gave her a set of four because we have a deal. Um, when you buy four, you get one for free. So you pay for three, but you get four sets. So that's our like hook, <laughs> if you will. Uh, it, it raises our um, bottom line and um, more sets get out and helps the environment a little bit more. So um, based on that, we sent her five sets. So she got to um, give away as many as she wanted. And that's how that happened. And yeah, we've kind of um, shifted um, into from Instagram. We still do Instagram. It's very important for us. Um, but we, and we do ads every single week through Shopify and Kit, uh, I believe is who we use for our Instagram ads. But we've shifted from mainly focused on Instagram, which is a huge, huge, um, I don't want to say free, but it feels like free <laughs> um, way to start, right? Um, and it, it helps you get that, that exposure uh, easy and at a very low cost. So we've shifted from Instagram and ads to uh, TV commercials um, across Western Canada. So we've actually um, grown as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that is amazing. And there's so many exciting things to talk about. And I, I guess, you know, like from going something so new and modern as Instagram to going back to something so traditional as a TV commercial, what was the real pull behind that? Or what was, I guess, the deciding factor for you to be like, yep, we need to be on TV? Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. Well, our, our product is very visual, and we tried a couple different um, ways to advertise. So um, coming from the restaurant business, we knew um, flyers, but and we tried flyers once. We didn't really want to do flyers, but we wanted our name to be out there um, locally. So we did do a flyer run. Um, it was pricey. And um, we were very cautious because we we are an environmentally concerned uh, company. So we really didn't feel like that was a, a practical way to keep going. It, it's there just in case, but um, it wasn't for us. And, and because it is visual, um, it helps to have that visual product. So actually one of our flyers, it's not the traditional flyer. So this is our flyer. Uh, it's shaped like our case. It has all of our, uh, our colors that we have. And then there's the deal at the back. So that was one way that we went, but uh, we also tried radio. Radio didn't pan out as well, just because it, you can't see it. Um, so knowing that we thought, okay, 
TV, we'll try it. And so we hit a local company uh, TV station. And because of COVID, like it, everything panned out at the right time. Um, but because of COVID, people were pulling their TV spots, but it got cheaper for us because they wanted still, they had to fill the air. <laughs> so they, they took us on and uh, for a, a decent uh, first intro price. And it worked out really, really well. We got, because um, we're on Shopify and we got a lot of hits uh, every time that the commercial aired. So you could actually see when it was hitting and it was almost the same as the contests on Instagram. You felt like that real tangible things are happening. You can see, you know, your followers going up and that, that helped a lot. So, yeah. That's incredible. And I guess, you know, that's a very smart way to put it. Um, and I think it's great that you're adapting, especially to the world that's around us at the moment, because it's very ever changing. What was your, yeah. I guess, your strategy behind the TV commercial? Did you put your Instagram handle on that? Was it just simply showcasing the range that you have in the different colors and, and things like that? Talk to me through that. Yeah. So, um, our big, um, what we wanted was just people to know our brand. It wasn't even price. It wasn't the special. It wasn't um, our incredible delivery service. It's not our luxury um, packaging or any of that stuff. It was literally just, here's I reuse too. Here are the colors and here are the cutlery uh, sets that you can get and then go to the website for the full collection. And it was only a 15 second uh, commercial. We um, have classical music playing so it gives it a luxe feel we actually use the music from um, oceans 11 <laughs> because it's recognizable so hopefully people will actually turn around and like pay attention to the tv they, they oh what's that <laughs> so that was how um we decided to pick that and now um uh, coming up in the spring we're actually working on us and uh, we did a christmas commercial too um and that was really cute it was uh the sets in stockings and the panel of um the sets in the stockings hung on a fireplace it was amazing um, but yeah, in the spring, I'm very excited. We're working on a commercial um, highlighting our good doings in the environment as well, because we've sold over oh, thousands and thousands of sets. And each one of those is potentially three meals a day. And all the plastic that you're saving out of that adds up to millions of saved plastic utensils that didn't get to go into the ocean and our landfills. So we're super excited about that commercial. And um, it gives the customer a different perspective to our already um, growing brand and that it's not just luxury, beautiful um, stainless steel cutlery in, in eight designer colors. It's actually functional and it, it'll help save the environment. I think that's amazing and it's really cool, again, how you're adapting. And before we get more into the Super Bowl, because I know that was quite a turning point for your brand, how was your brand performing maybe when you were just doing the Instagram ads to then the TV commercial? How, you know, how many sales were you getting just from doing those initiatives? So our first goal um, the first year uh, was to hit $100,000 in sales. And to be honest, at the beginning, I wasn't sure if, <laughs> if we were going to like hit it at all, <laughs> like even a little bit. Um, but what ended up happening after going through that uh, Super Bowl uh, event, 
um, we don't have employees. It's me and my husband. Um, so I became our own PR person. I have no idea anything to do with PR, but I thought, okay, we're invited to the Super Bowl. This is newsworthy. So I actually emailed every single uh, news outlet, radio station, uh, newspaper, literally whoever would listen to me and said, uh, newest brand in Manitoba is going to the Super Bowl. And from that, we got a little bit of a snowball effect. And that's how that became um, important to us, um, the the TV. So when we were landing in um I think it was in, in Miami, when we got off the plane, we had, um, had a invitation from the CTV national news in Canada, and they invited us to do a spotlight, uh, the day of the Super Bowl. And so we were doing, um, like B roll film, um, (laughs) walking through our hotel and they picked up different things. And, uh, when they aired it, it blew up. Like we blew up. Um, we were driving from, uh, Miami to Orlando where our hotel was. And I looked at Shopify on my phone and there was like 50 people in the store and then like a hundred and then like 300. And I was like, I think that is broken. <laughs> so I said to Jamie, cause he was my husband. Uh, I said, he's parking the car. And I said, Jamie, I think that Shopify is broken. But then we started getting orders. And I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. And then what ended up happening, which I wasn't aware of, I thought it was going to air in Calgary um, only. But it had aired in every province about, I think it was every half hour or every hour um, till three o'clock in the morning. And so after that crazy day of uh, the Super Bowl gifting suites and driving back to our hotel in a different like part of Florida, I was up till three in the morning answering uh, like on Messenger um, any questions customers had and that kind of thing. And I think we had over uh, oh geez over a hundred orders um, just in that like day, and it, it continued after that too. So. We didn't anticipate that at all. And poor Jamie, his mom was um, watching the store for us and filling orders while we were in Florida. I think we broke her. (laughs) So yeah, uh, we knew from that point, um, that exposure, that TV was a a definite way for us to go. Um, So part of our strategy as well, not just paying for um, like TV commercials um, in our negotiation with that, we made sure that every single province that we're in, we have a TV interview so that people start to get to know um, me. And they also get to know that like, I'm a real person. I'm not just like, it's some brand that whatever, you know what I mean? I want people to know who we are, why we're here. Um, and it helps boost the sales quite a bit, like, like quite a bit. <laughs> it's the same thing as a contest, really. No, it's that is incredible. And I can't even imagine to begin the emotions you were feeling when you were seeing and thinking that Shopify was broken because for <laughs> such a small business, it would just be so surreal. But from that, did you end up reaching your 100K goal? Yeah. So by the end of the first year, we hit 100K. And then I think within the next two months, we hit another 100. (laughs) So the progression was really slow. uh, And then it just kind of like took off. And so we're in that um, 
taking off kind of phase. And so, yeah, it's, it's very, um, exactly what you were saying. You have to adapt, you have to learn right now. We're actually looking at hiring, um, sales, um, people, um, to approach stores because we have a four way revenue, um, stream. So one is the e-commerce Two is uh, in-person shows locally or um, in Toronto. <laughs> um, three, we do fundraising uh, initiatives because um, we're trying to give back to the community. So um, one of our sets sells for $30, let's say. We give those sets to the schools or church groups or um, actually rescue uh, groups for animals. And they keep $10 of each set. So Whereas sometimes in schools, they do um, like a grocery giveaway. Uh, so it's a grocery card that you buy. The school or the group is only making 2% of the sales from that. And we're trying to like help the community way more than that. So it, it works out really well for everybody involved. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think it's amazing that you're at the stage too in your business where you can give back and, and really support the ethos of your brand as well being so like, yeah, giving to the environment as well as others and charities. Exactly. Oh, and the, the last one is uh, retail. <laughs> so we have retail locations too. So we've actually uh, grown to 36 locations across Canada um, and expanding more. So we haven't hit the States yet. So that's a huge, <laughs> or Australia. <laughs> so yeah, we're excited about the future. There's so much more that can happen right now. <laughs> It's amazing to think that your brand only started the end of 2019 and it, you're at 200k plus sales. Like that's an amazing, yeah. amazing, inspiring story. And I'm sure so many pe people listening will just love that. But I guess also I wanted to talk more about the Super Bowl because that in itself is just <laughs> absolutely incredible. And I know that you were able to meet a fair few people and a, a, a bit of A-listers were able to grab some of your IREUs to cutlery. Yeah, so it was really cool. We had a list of people that were um, going to show up with photos because um, you never know. And I mean, I like football a lot. Like we're a football um, family, but that doesn't mean that I recognize everybody. So yeah, they had a list and actually the people that didn't, uh, weren't able to show up, you still got their contact information. So you were able to send them um, product as well. Um, some of them reposted on their Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever they're on. So that was a cool boost. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the 25 top spenders from Bloomingdale's, that was awesome too. So yeah, we got to meet everybody. Um, what ended up happening with the event is that you were assigned a photographer for the day. And so the photographer took photos of our product, uh, like magazine quality photos, um, they took photos of the celebrities and players with the products. So we are able to do, um, you know, it's, you have the ability to share that as you wish. Um, and then we also, um, we were able to take photos with the players and, uh, it was really awesome. It was just one of the best experiences, um, that I've had so far with, uh, this whole brand. It was just, um, really a dream. It really was. Especially to be a big football yeah. fan and being able to be there in person. I guess that's like a bucket list thing to be able to attend yeah. the Super Bowl, especially with a brand. Like that's your own is such an amazing feat. And I um, I guess from there, have you still managed to use influencer marketing? Is that still a big channel for you? 
Um, we haven't, um, just because we shifted. Um, so we still do contests. I really love the contests. Um, if we're doing anything, that's, that's where I like to be. Um, we, yeah, we, we really kind of shifted away from the influencer marketing for sure. Um, we were supposed to, we were invited to go, uh, not just to the Super Bowl, but we were invited to go to Coachella. Um, and we were about to go to Coachella in April. Um, but then that uh, COVID and uh, they also invited us to go to the Oscars and the Emmys and the ESPYs. Um, so there, there was a lot of opportunities missed, but at the same time, you know, um, hopefully there's next year. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, like I can't even begin to imagine how that would feel in a, in a couple of months. It's just completely flipped your world upside down. And I mean, there's so many more opportunities and I think it's really great that your business is also very COVID relevant as well because even with those missed opportunities, there's also a massive market that you've gained. And I guess you yes. were mentioning you have retail as one of your revenue streams. How did you get into retail? Like what was the process that you went through? By foot. <laughs> so um, I went to uh, stores that I thought would um, benefit from our product uh, in Winnipeg and I went in the door I shook hands. This is pre-COVID. <laughs> um, and I introduced myself and our product. And uh, one of the first stores that took us, um, that was a huge win for me just because it, it felt like it was validated. It was like, okay, somebody, it, not just um, a face that I don't see on the internet, but like a real person who has a store says, yes, I believe in your product enough to take it and sell it to my customers too. And um, once that one store took it, I just felt like anything was possible. And so what I actually did was um, I looked for brands that were like mine and I, <laughs> I targeted the stores that they had their product in and that's, I emailed them and I just kept e emailing and emailing and emailing. So if we were slow and I was feeling sad because we weren't, you know, super busy, um, I would turn that sadness into um, force and I would uh, email everybody I could. Uh, I think I sent out 200 emails in one day and you just keep trying and um, you never know who's going to bite. And then you, I keep all the ones that are interested, but not quite yet. I mean, COVID is a delicate situation for a lot of retailers, right? It's hurting everybody's everything. So it's a difficult time to approach businesses. But at the same time, if they're showing interest, then I keep it on the, my back burner and I'll approach it when things are a little bit more open. No, that's a so, really yeah. smart idea. Yeah. And I, like you mentioned, it is a hard times for retail, but it's also great that you do have that backup and still people interested. And you have definitely become mm -hmm. quite the PR girl reaching out to all these different stores and magazines and have you had um any luck being published in any magazines or anything since the cottage homes we were published with the super bowl event um we've been in all the newspapers um so just based on that uh there we got that um but the most recent um big big one for us and we're, we're still contemplating whether we're going to do it or not we were approached by email by Dragon's Den. So Dragon's Den is like Shark Tank in Canada. And they asked me if we would apply um, to be on the show. <laughs> so uh, I also had to, I always check. I, I guess I have trust issues. I check all the time. Is this real? 
because it's a real person. So I checked her LinkedIn <laughs> account and it's true. And so, yeah, after that, um, we're, we're really contemplating um, whether or not to go on the show, even if it's not for uh, financial support or uh, to have a partner, because really, um, we, I don't know if we want one, <laughs> but, uh, for the exposure in itself, we're really thinking about, um, that side of it. So you always have to think about the big picture and how it can affect the brand. Right. And so we're, we're, we're in the process of <laughs> deciding. That's incredible. And thank you so much for sharing, because I feel like some people that's like their go-to, you know, and it's, it's hard to imagine that, you know, after a year or so that you have these amazing opportunities. But I guess, you know, persistence and, and like you said, being open to new opportunities is definitely even a, a marketing channel in itself, correct? Well, even, even this. Um, so everything, you have to look at it. Um, and I'm terrified, you know, I'm terrified of everything. <laughs> so, but you have to look at it as a gift and um, take that chance and um, just believe in your product, believe in yourself and, um, hope that good things come out of it, you know, and you never know what actually could come out of it. It's just an incredible, incredible, um, journey that we've been on. And I mean, it's, it's only been just over a year, really. <laughs> Super inspiring. And I know so many people listening will just think like what has happened, like almost in shock because I know I am when I heard your story, it's just amazing. But I guess the major thing, you've got how many colors now of your utensils and luxury cutlery? So we have eight now and we're actually bringing in a ninth. Um, it started with five original colors. Um, the one that started it all <laughs> and what hooked me on our brand was uh, we have an iridescent color. So um, iridescent is like a rainbow and all of our utensils are branded. They're gorgeous and they're super durable they're uh stainless steel so they're dishwasher safe we have um the eight different designer colors now but we're everybody was asking for green so um i think just the eco right it's an eco color it's uh, a beautiful color so we're actually bringing green in and we expanded from cutlery only and we actually brought in tumblers so what we did with the tumblers is we had um, three different designed tumblers that we only brought 50 in. It's a, it's a limited edition. And once they're gone, they are gone. You cannot get them more. And then we're going to have a different uh, limited edition, um, different maybe coffee cup instead. We want people to be able to um, use these things in their daily lives and expand the brand just a little bit. We don't want to really go crazy. Um, but we also did bring in um, bags. So um, here in Canada, they're going to be banning single-use plastics, period. Um, by the end of this year, it was supposed to be last year. And shopping bags are huge. Um, everybody knows they're terrible. Uh, so we brought in a shopping bag that's actually made from post-consumer uh, water bottles or plastics. So they eliminate the garbage that's already going into the landfill. And then in addition, you're not going to throw more bags into the landfill either. So I'm super excited about the bags. They're just amazing. And they're super cute and just so pretty. So yeah, these are our bags. And they fold down tiny so you can keep it in your car or your uh, purse or your backpack. And then you just um, pull it out supermarket. <laughs> 
I think that's amazing. And I, I love how you've let your brand become more than just what the idea originally was, which is what's also pushed in the Start and Scale program is, you know, it's to help you formulate one idea and then keep adapting that same structure to help grow your business, which clearly is what you've done, which is amazing. And I think even having those limited edition pieces is is similar to Greta's story with the fifth watches. Having that small piece that, you know, keeps people coming back, I think is an amazing idea. Well, we had to decide at the beginning if we wanted to stay small and eventually uh, go into 3PL um, and then have them distribute it or if we were good having our own almost 3PL. And I think because we liked having uh, employees and uh, almost friends and family that worked with you, we would do that on our own. And uh, honestly, every single time an order comes in, I wrap it. It's like Christmas. And um, I love shipping them out. So I think that we decided early on that that would just become who we were. Um, and a lot of other um, businesses maybe would just use a 3PL because it's easier, it's quick, it's it's affordable. Like with the savings on shipping that you get with them, it, it makes sense to a lot of companies. But for us, then having that packaging on our own, it was easy to expand a little bit more uh, with our product line. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have expanded. That's yeah. And I guess that's so true. And it's something that, you know, a lot of businesses have to weigh up and toss up those two different decisions. But I guess, you know, working towards wrapping up here, what's next for IREUSE 2 besides, you know, your tumblers and your limited editions? What's next big goals or wins that you want to achieve? Our main real huge goal is to actually bring manufacturing to Canada. Um, So that seems like uh, somehow an impossibility because it's going to cost millions of dollars i think you have to just to bring the equipment across and stuff so um but that we really would like to do that um we'd be the first one in north america to do this type of product um and for us it's important to stay local especially with covid hitting there's a huge play for uh, local businesses right and so a lot of people do ask where is it from and and this and that and it I kind of feel sad that I have to say it's not from Canada (laughs) or North America, really. So, um, yeah, we're trying to work on that aspect of it. And no, it won't be next year or maybe it will. You never know. (laughs) With the year you've had, you can never cross it off, can you? (laughs) No, you never know. Just keep it open. Exactly. No, I agree completely. And I guess, you know, working towards the end again, what would be the one piece of advice to anyone listening that might be in a similar position to you where they've retired or they're just looking for the next venture, what would you say to them? Um, Do it. Just don't even wait because you're going to think of a million reasons why you shouldn't and you just need one to do it. Just buy the course, do whatever you think you need to do to, to start your own business. And I mean, I'm a high school dropout. So I have no, um, like business, uh, education. I learned everything through asking questions. Um, I Google a lot of stuff just because it's free information. Um, we did our, our startup, uh, with like very, very little money. I think we invested maybe like, um, $10,000. Um, and we were really careful about what we did spend. You can do Shopify, um, super cheap or other websites, but we did Shopify and we did it really, really affordably. Don't be afraid. I mean, 
it is scary, <laughs> but it's also really exciting. And if you can turn that fear into a movement and go, just, just go. <laughs> Amazing advice. And I think if anything, your story is very, very inspiring and almost too surreal to wrap my head around. But I just really want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today and and share your story and share your journey, not only with IREUSE 2, but as well as Start and Scale, because I know a lot of people listening might be stuck. And it's crazy to think where you are in a year and where other people would be as well. So thank you so much, Nikki, for sitting down and chatting with me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash e-commerce training or follow the link in the show notes.